Den Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com. You guys go to denanywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from. Plus, most of them are archived, so if you can't make the exact time, you can catch them later. We still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are. Go to denanywhere.com. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Talon, the host of Den Meditation. We have one of our own on today. It is Jamie Wozni. What a beautiful, beautiful soul. She is one of our best and most senior teachers at the Den. If you've ever come into the Den, I'm sure you've taken her classes, or if you are joining us on denanywhere.com right now from anywhere, you for sure have taken her class. She is a beautiful, beautiful teacher and soul. And she's our kind of lead Reiki practitioner as she leads all of our certifications. I love her story. We just talk about how she overcame her own fears and her own anxieties to really become who she is today. And she has such a beautiful way of relating to that. So wherever you are in your life or whatever you're struggling with, she is such an incredible person, not only to take classes from, but to listen to this episode. I think it'll really make you feel good about where you're at. Um, Also, we have so many incredible offerings coming up with her, a Reiki 1 and 2 certification coming up September 12th and 13th virtually. If you want to go online and do an animal communications certification at your own place, please go to denanwear.com and do that. But September 24th, we have a live Q&A with her. If you have taken the certification and kind of want some time with her to really discuss. And starting October 1st, we have a seven-week course on happiness with her starting every Thursday for seven weeks, which is going to be incredible. All on denanywhere.com, all with her. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you love her as much as we and everyone else who comes to the den does too. I'm so glad to finally actually chat with you because you are literally the beloved teacher of the den. Everyone who goes to your class always just instantly feels better and I think instantly feels more connected to themselves. And one of the things I love about you and how you teach, it's like, even if people are going for just like, I just want meditation. I just want to relax. I just want, you know, you know, the science parts of it. There's no way that they're not spiritually getting more out of themselves by the time they leave the class. And I think it's such a beautiful thing because I think that's where people start doing their biggest growth Mm. um, is when it opens. So for you, when do you feel like you, or were you born that way? Like, when do you feel like you started connecting to kind of a deeper or more spiritual side of yourself? That's interesting. Um, first of all, thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> I've never heard it explained that way. Not even kind, it's truth. Thank you. Thank you. Um, was I born this way? Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. It's funny, these conversations, like how do you answer in a non-egoic way and then also accept the accept the love at the same time. Um, so like you started like looking at things in a deeper way. Yes. So, so when I was, when I was little, my grandparents called me little laugher cause they said I would wake up laughing and people would return me to my mom. That sounds ridiculous, but they would return me to my mom and they would be like, Oh, she's so happy. Um, so I think I came in with a sense of joy um, and then life handed me, obviously, as it does for all of us, pain. So then the coming back to the presence and the love and all of that stuff was probably around eight years ago when I started going deeper, 10, 10 to eight years ago. 
um, with my physical body. It just started acting crazy. And uh, for me, Western medicine just wasn't helping. Um, and so I had to go on my journey of, which I was just talking to my boyfriend about yesterday. It's just so difficult because I felt really unsafe in our modern world where, you know, medicine wasn't working. Doctors weren't working. The food that I was eating wasn't working. And it was like, oh my God. I, but it forced me to um, have to find other things. You know, Reiki was my first thing. It was like, oh, this is an interesting thing. And it just, my, so my journey of exploration, um, yeah, started then. And then, you know, as you say, it's like, well, that sucked, <laughs> but, but it brought me back to my heart, you know? Well, let's like dig in a little deeper. So you were a totally happy kid. Yeah. And when do you feel like some of that happiness was getting pushed aside? Like when do you feel like you started noticing that? I remember four, like I remember around four, um, just starting to be scared of everything. Like, yeah. Yes. Fear. Fear for me was my thing. Just afraid. Now, when you talk to your mom, does she remember you just kind of being a little fearful in general as a kid? And then it just started to get overwhelming? Around then, I was really shy. I was painfully shy as a kid. Um, I was like glued to my mom's hip. I slept with her until I was 13. Wow. I was, yes. I was just scared. Shy, scared, reserved, insecure. Um, yeah. Were you like scared of like, what do you feel like, were, do you feel like there were ways you were raised that helped compound that? Yeah. I mean, I had, I had, yes. <laughs> Half of my family was very um, nurturing, very uh, loving, warm, that kind of thing. And then there were some parts that were colder that were more judgmental, that were, I always felt very unsafe around. So I think I didn't have that grounded sense of, uh, I see you, you have a place to come home to where you're safe, you can go out there and try things. So without that guide, I was always just very, um, like, yeah, unsure of, it was even the physical world, uh, unsure of the world and unsure of myself. It was a very like, uh, it felt like there was no structure or grounding or boundaries for me. Um, and it was definitely, I think, based on my, my upbringing, I had a little bit of a difficult, um, it wasn't warm and loving a lot. Right. Were your parents married? They got divorced when I was three. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Both of them or? So I lived primarily with my mom and then I would spend the weekends uh, with my dad up until I was like probably 18. And then I just put my foot down and said, I'm not doing this anymore because I'm 18 and I didn't get in the car. I'm impressed you made it that long. I would think most people by the time they're teenagers are like, I'm out. <laughs> I, I wanted to be out for a long time. I would wail and cry. And you know, it's interesting. Actually, I have to say now my dad and I have so much uh, of a better relationship now. We've had, we, we were very different on many levels, politically. Uh, every level we're very different, but we have this, um, I guess it's a soul thing, a spiritual bond. I love him beyond his human parts. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't remember where I was going with that, but 
we were talking about how you kind of put your foot down and yeah 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 but oh that's what i was saying but the disclaimer that now it's it's you know i have a peaceful resting place with it but when i was little um and he he's even said that to me he's even said you know i uh i'm sorry that i you know wasn't there and didn't have the time and all of these things but back then i was just like i would dread leaving my mom because she was to me she was this like force of light this uh like the one person in all of life that saw me that got me and then leaving her was um just like oh great here i get to go suffer again and like learn how to take care of myself and not be coddled and not have um, the comfort of my own bed or like I was always in a different bed and always in a different place. And it wasn't just like this cozy thing, but you know, you learn to become resilient that way. Well, I was going to say, you did say in that, you just said, here I go having to learn to like take care of myself. And what do you feel like you got out of it that you might not have had if you didn't have that experience? You know, it's, it's interesting, Tal, I'm doing a lot of work and what I'm going to teach about this tonight too, on resilience. And, and I, you know, kind of, there's a part of me that's angry that was like, well, I didn't, I'm 36 now. And I didn't know that that's what I was learning then, but we don't, you know, when do we learn that? Um, but I, but I think you do need to learn a sense of, uh, life hands you things that are scary. Life hands you things that are uncomfortable. Um, and you can, whether, whether you're scared or not, whether you're suffering or not, you, you can handle it. You can do it. Yeah. Um, and I think we avoid the scared part and the uncomfortable part and miss the, that's part of life. Like I, I one time I had a teacher say to me, Jamie, you do realize life is filled with suffering and that you will. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I was trying to roll around resisting suffering. Like going, well, I don't want my life to be like this. I want it to be totally all good and it shouldn't have been like this. And then when I surrendered to the fact that like everybody, not just you, God didn't hand you a shitty hand or whatever it is. Um, everybody's going to go through their things. And, um, and, that's, and, and that's not the part to, to resist. The I don't want to feel scared. I don't want to feel it's to go... I felt scared. I felt uncomfortable. I felt unsafe thousands and thousands of times. And here I am, you know, like I've found a way I found the healers. I found the therapists. I found the meditation, whatever it is, the strength to, um, to endure. And then, I mean, I can even feel that sharing that with you right now. There's a sense of, um, I mean the words resilience, but strength inside that I don't think that you can, you can get from not having those experiences. I totally agree. And it's, it's huge. And they always say it's like that mindset. If you, if you limit yourself with the fear, then you can, I mean, you look at, I mean, did you watch that Michael Jordan documentary? I feel like that's what. I did. My boyfriend, I would not have watched it if it wasn't for him. <laughs> and I feel like it, that is what comes through over and in every single episode over and over and over again is that type of mindset is the resiliency is the idea of losing wasn't even in the head. It was always like, I can do it. But it was yeah. never, I can do it because I'm Superman and nothing bad will get in my way yes. ever. It was like, 
well, yeah, who cares? Like this happens, but I just keep going. I'm going to be tired, but I just have to push more. Like I, it was always acknowledging the suffering and it was always acknowledging how hard it's going to be, but then knowing that he had the ability to go further. Yeah, totally, totally. And I, you know, in my line of, um, so when I did my life coach training, we talk about what is, what is standard for every human being to look to like, what is, um, what is well in you? I actually, my dad used to say that when I was little, I would say to him, uh, what's wrong dad. And he would say, what's right, Jamie. And I, I thought that was actually, I've kept that. Um, because ironically I look towards what is already standard that serves us as human beings. And one is resilience. Like, unless we look, every human being is custom built with the resilience app, you know, like it's pretty amazing. And we, and we, if we get caught up, like for me, I got caught up in helplessness and victim and all of this for so long and it'll drown you unless you look to, I've never thought of it like this, but it's almost like your, your lifeline, your lifeline is resilience, is the peace that's inside, is forgiveness, is all these states that are standard. And it's like, you have to kind of look through to find those. And then it gives you that resting place. Cause otherwise, I mean, your brain is not a resting place. <laughs> so like gives you a place to sit in life. It's like, Oh, I've always been okay in my hardest. Why do you feel like you went to, why do you feel like you did play the victim role and kind of replay it? Because your dad yeah. was trying, he was pushing you. It wasn't comfortable, but it seems like he was pushing you not to be victim, right? Was it just that they were so different and that you were always kind of? Um, very different. I think, you know, I think victim is, is a pattern in, in my ancestral line. And I think it was just programmed into me from a certain side of my family. It was just, and I think, and for me, I believe all that's innocent. Like it's, it's, it's a collective ancestral societal programs we're literally born into. And I don't necessarily know if I know where the grace happens, where some of us wake up to be able to see the invisible and go, whoa, what was that I was living in? Um, but I think, I, I think it was passed down to me. And I also think it's where I got attention. Like it's where, like when I was sick, when I was little, like I, you know, and again, innocently, I grew up around a lot of non-present people. Um, and have they changed now? Yeah, totally. But when I was little, um, I remember this feeling of just like, and I'll dream of it now and I'll like, you know, it's come up in therapy too, just wanting to like shake these human beings in front of me and be like, wake up, wake up, just like be here. Like just, hey, hey, is anybody home? And I think the little kid in me um, did the best it knew how to do with the defense mechanism of how can I get somebody to slow down and to just be here with me so that I can feel another soul and connect to it before I knew that that lived inside of me. Um, and I grew up with a lot of physical blips and blops and my bladder was always acting up when I was a kid and, um, infections and belt, uh, stomach stuff and this and that. And I went, Whoa, I'm getting this like, and it was interestingly, cause it was more from my mom where I would get the attention, but it was like balanced it out. And, you know, I would hear her on the phone, 
uh, talking to a friend being like, my little sick puppy's home from school. And I was like, oh, this warm, cozy, someone's here with me. Right. And so I, I think I, like, I have a lot of, clearly I teach self-compassion, but I have a lot of compassion for myself now to go, damn, we do the best that we know how to do. Like our kid brains look for, um, a little bit of love and a little bit of attention and our brains are smart and they're innocent. And, uh, I'm a big believer too. And it's like, we can look at like, you know, being hard on ourselves and oh, that's embarrassing. I have this victim thing or, but I see it always as an innocent attempt at self love. The brain's going, how can I like nurture this little kid that doesn't seem to be getting it elsewhere? You know? Oh my God, absolutely. And I feel like some people, the victim role is a lot stronger, but I feel like everyone plays it at some point, which is oh, why, really. why I ask the questions. Cause I feel like it's a good thing for people to understand and get a little more awareness on. Cause I feel like even if it's not your thing to dismantle, yeah, probably played it before. And it's something to figure out and understand. Well, it's wild. You say that because that word is so, um, has so much charge to me behind it. And I offend people with that word sometimes. Same. Or maybe I don't, because my boyfriend yesterday was like, Jamie, I don't think you, like, even if you're saying words like that, are offending people with it. But, you know, hey, we all, you know, when we share difficult things, it activates things in people, I think. Well, look, when people aren't always ready to hear stuff about themselves, you know, it's funny, Alec and I have the same discussion sometimes where we, and we'll butt heads because I'll realize like, I'll look at things and be like, well, no, no, but I'm talking kind of not fact because what's fact, but like, I'm talking fact. This is, this is that. It's not good. It's not bad. Like victim, not good nor bad. It is what it is. And then how can you untangle it? Yeah. So it's hard when you have a very um, objective perspective of these things, then you can talk about it a little freer. But then what happens is then you enter conversations with people who aren't quite yet at an objective perspective of it. And they still putting the good and the bad. They're still putting a value system on it. And and you do indirectly offend people because for them, what you're saying comes with a connotation, whether it's negative or positive. Totally. And I think for me, it's because that is my, I was actually journaling yesterday about like my, my big message, my like out of the closet, what do I really want to share with people message? Um, because I have a really awesome coach and he asks these questions to really get us to look and it's all about your power. And I'm like, Oh, that's why I grew up thinking I was powerless Um, and powerless in my body and because of the physical issues and stuff like that. But um, it's, it it was that, Oh my gosh, we're healable. Like we're powerful. We are co-creators. Our thoughts move. We can pray and ask for a miracle. Like there's all these things. Will it be easy? No. Will it be comfortable? No. (laughs) With struggles? Yes. But there's that uh, pillar again. There's that grounding force. And it's, um, it is, it's like, I, I think because in us on this healing journey, I think we see so much stuff going on in our heads and have such an awareness of it that after a point you do come at it with compassion, or at least I do where you go, Oh, wow. There's that pattern. Great. Glad it's brought to the light. That sucks. But let me see what I can do to help that. And it's not, um, most of us will be taken down by the shame underneath of it. Like it means something or it's bad or it's wrong or it's personal. But um, when we can just kind of like take it out and go, oh, that's a collective energy that came through my 
vehicle and I identified with it. So it got manifested into form. Um, but if I just zoom out a little bit, uh, I see the lesson underneath of it, which is this like non-victim magical creature lesson. It's so true. I was talking about this in class the other day too, of, you know, how like whenever you kind of begin like a new journey of discovery, because you're always on them, like whatever it is, you're always dismantling something, how uncomfortable it can be and how sometimes you're in the middle of one, you don't quite even know what it is. You just feel like anxious or wayward or frustrated, whatever it is. And I always say like the first trick is honestly take that as a bell, like instead of taking it as like a siren or as an alarm of like, oh God, now I'm just upset. Like what's wrong with me? What, what is this? And you just get angry and try and solve things. Like take it as this like awesome, like moment of like signal. I'm like, look at it more as a signal where it's like, oh yeah, you get to go on another journey of like discovery. And it's like, know that once it's over, it's going to take you somewhere amazing. So if you can already start like you know, connecting yourself to knowing that even though this might be, it might have moments of discomfort, many moments, or it might be difficult, or there might be moments of sadness, mm-hmm. like you even said, shame, knowing that this is like an exciting time because you know what the whole point of it is and why you're going, mm-hmm. to be able to have that awareness can shift your whole ability to connect with it. What a cool meditation. So, right. So it's like when we have, when you're in this process and you know, and then you can start using these things as alerts, but instead of going to the er and going, oh, oh my God, I'm about to learn something fascinating about myself. <laughs> totally. It's existing from a higher level of consciousness where it's like you're on top of the mountain and you can have a vantage point. Yeah, life still is still challenging, but you, that's where, to me, it's like that's where the suffering is lessened. When you're up there and you're doing what you're doing as opposed to being down in it in this mess of, you know, yeah, just misunderstanding of, of who you are and what your brain's doing. Yeah. So you, this is how you felt you, you, so you said you had some physical stuff even as a kid and then you kind of played into it a little more like mm-hmm. most kids do. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you get, like, when were you diagnosed with Lyme disease? That was probably four years ago. Um, maybe a little bit longer than that now. You know, it's interesting. I was diagnosed with it when I was like 13 because I grew up in Maryland and like, it's just common. Like my mom, I would come home, my grandparents lived on a farm. So I would come home um, from the weekend because my dad would take me there. And uh, I remember like my mom with a comb checking every little part of my head for ticks, um, which never found one, but I was having all these issues when I was around 12, 13 Um, and so they, they did a test and it did come up positive, but she gave me like, I remember doing like 10 days of antibiotics and they were like, she's fine. Um, so we think it just laid dormant for years and it had never really, you know, gone away. Um, and stress, you know, I like stress can cause it to flare up or all of this stuff. So I think I had had that for so long. And then in my, uh, late or sorry, early thirties. That's when I was diagnosed with that. But I have a whole, like Lyme can lie. Lyme is common in so many people. Like I've learned this from nurses and coaches and healers I've worked with. If our, if our nervous system is calm, which again, it's okay if it's not, we're humans, but if it's calm and our immune system's good, that stuff can be pushed out on its own. If we have other psychological issues or environmental toxins or this or that, our liver and our 
you know, our detoxification system isn't working well, our immune system isn't working well. So that can be, it's almost like you were saying, it's like, I see that now as my health in that it was telling me, Jane, you're caught up in something. There's a lesson here. There's something you're not seeing. You're detached from your spirit. And yours is manifesting in, I'm, I'm doing air quotes for those that can't see, Lyme disease. Not to not have compassion for it. It was one of the most difficult four years of my life. Um, but it, it's, it wasn't that something's wrong with me. I'm broken. It's, yeah, still use your inner wisdom. Go to the doctor. Uh, I was, you know, did half Eastern, half Western medicine, all the things um, to heal. But, you know, I just hear so many people just, it's stuck down this rabbit hole of, I have this, I get this misinformation, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. Um, and we get really like zoomed in on it and on the pain and all of that. And I thank God, I just was able through tons of prayer and like send me my healing path and having that deeper perspective was able to kind of go, okay, I'm not in denial. I see this, but I'm also not going to buy into this collective um, misunderstanding about what it is or the victim nature of it, you know, that it's uh, that of course you can heal from something like that. And a lot of people have it and you can not have symptoms if you're calm and you know, all these things. We'll talk more about that because I think that's a bigger healing question in general about yeah. how you can own within your own power, heal different things. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what your opinion is. and Yes. Um, oh my gosh, there's so much there. So for me, I kind of have a little thing. I don't even know what, what I'd call it, but I, I become aware of what is really uncomfortable. I just kind of and, and I think it comes to me, like it's not necessarily I search for it, um, but like, um, like I'll just start to through my life go, okay. And you can even, I'll even, maybe even journal this in the past. Like, what do I feel about the big areas, finances, relationship, um, my title, this, that. And it'll just start to occur to me where I'm a little bit caught up in pain or discomfort so for some reason, this, this belief system of fear of being alone is coming to me just to share as an example. So I'll start to notice it and then I'll just decide, okay, I don't want to live in this anymore. I want to heal this. So I'll just surrender it up to God knows what, but I believe in, you know, angels and spirit guides and higher self and source and all of that. So I'll say in my reality, this looks, um, this looks helpful for me. This is what I grew up with. This looks helpful. This is kind of course a miracle but show me a different way. Like give me, I call it a reference point actually. I'm like, give me a new reference point that I can um, see in my reality that helps me make this other way less needed. So I'll just start to become aware of what's off in my life, pray and surrender it up, ask for a new way. Um, as the old thoughts come, because they will, because our neural path has been going that way for so long, I'll just start to notice it and go, oh, that's, there I am in my brain, afraid to be alone again. All right, cool. Just going to notice that one. And then just keep my mind open to, please send me an example of something else. Um, 
And then I'll allow that new reality to make its way in through books, teachers, conversations. Maybe I'll see an example of it in a friend's life of, oh, look at that. They're unapologetically happy and they're safe. Huh, interesting. Or they're alone and they're loving it. Wow. But here's the victim thing. I think when we think we're like so stuck in the reality that we are and it's solid and it's stable, um, we're like, what a new reference point. That's no, that's how my, how is my life that changeable and movable? Um, but for me, my healing, it's that, it's that it's noticing, surrendering it up, asking for new, noticing, surrendering it up, asking for new every day. Do you, and how often do you feel like for people as a reference point, like how often do you feel like you take on each area or does one area just kind of make itself known pretty quickly? I think, yeah. So I'm a big like advocate for uh, organic healing. I think we can, if we're stuck in shame or we're stuck in I'm broken, fix it mode, we go to work on ourselves and it's a never ending hard work thing. Um, Can we expand and grow without the hard work? Yes, I believe so. I believe we miss the beauty um, in just living in between if we're always working on ourselves. Yeah. So how I, how I actually see this in my own life and teach it, cause it took me a while to find this balance, but where is this decision to, um, do a healing, do a tool, do a technique coming from, is it coming from a calm place? Does my wisdom just say, um, go meditate today or, uh, do a breathing thing. Is, is it just calm? No, you know, common sense. No, not nothing on it thought. Uh, or is my brain on it and freaking out and going, I'm not okay if I don't have this and I need to do this thing or I'm not okay. So I'm very aware of finding that feeling of like, oh, this is occurring to me to do to expand and grow. Oh, this is occurring to me to expand and grow. Um, yeah, it has a different feeling to it. I get it. It's like, also, if that voice is probably shaming you into, I can't believe you haven't done this today, then that might not necessarily be the organic place either. Yeah, yeah. And then what was, do you remember the question you were asking before that? You were saying what I loved. It's like you take different areas of your life. You do, let's say. Yes. This. Like, do you do all the areas at once and see what's pulling up for you or? It depends. It depends. So, um, yeah, no, not necessarily. I just let life show me where she wants me to look. So I don't necessarily search for it now if, cause yesterday life said, she said journal kid. And I did. And I sat down and I was like, Ooh, what's my big secret that I want to share with the world, but I'm too afraid people will think I'm a jerk if I don't like, you know, see their pain. Um, or believe in it, that I think it's, you know, they're better than that, or that I'm better than that too. Um, you know, she said, sit down and write. So it, it is, it's not, yeah, I let it, I let it just kind of be reveal itself to me. I love that. Yeah. When you started kind of, was it as your line was flaring up is when you started kind of searching for different ways and feeling let down by the medical system? So that started four years prior. So about Nine years ago, I came off. So I was on anxiety medication for 14 years. Um, And I had this dream that I died and I was really freaked out by it. And I Googled it and I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And it, it was like nothing to be afraid of. It means that your 
there's a death of a part of you and a new part is coming out. I knew nothing about this world. I remember at the time my roommate um, meditated and I thought she was nuts. I was like, why are you sitting in your room for 30 minutes a day? This is crazy. <laughs> it's just kind of ironic now. And I remember too that she shopped at Trader Joe's. Um, and I thought that was crazy at the time because you couldn't use coupons. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you buy healthy food? So I had this example of health in front of me. Um, and I had this dream. And so she took me to this Native American doctor. It was called Rafology. And um, she did Native American medicine. And she, I asked her if I could have help coming off of my anxiety medication. Because I always... It was interesting, even though I wasn't into the spiritual stuff, I always had this deeper thing that was like, this is a Band-Aid, this is a Band-Aid. Now, I've been on many medications throughout my life, be on it if your wisdom's telling you to be on it. But my wisdom was telling me, um, this isn't, you're not gonna, this, this isn't gonna help you the rest of your life. You gotta be brave now and go through your healing journey. It didn't come in those words, but I came off of it and I was an absolute mess. My body went through detox. I, my hormones were all over the place. I got, you know, I just wasn't in a good place. So I think that that stress kicked off the Lyme or the symptoms. Cause then I got diagnosed with like autoimmune and all the things. Um, so, you know, it, it was this, like, it was a healing crisis. They talk about that in the spiritual world. And then I think there was just four years of so much hypervigilance of I need to be on this correct diet and I need to do these things and so scared of I thought I was broken trying to fix it. So you're in that belief system. I was putting my nervous system on alert every day and then poo poo hit the fan um, halfway in and then, it, you know, then I was not able to detox the stuff in my body um, and then was diagnosed with the Lyme. So I, the, 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 the seeking to heal started right at the beginning when I came off of my anxiety medication. But I mean, I, I get it now because I've learned every, not every, but very many modalities and, and healings and psychological and spiritual. And I mean, I, I was a seeker out of desperation at first. And um, now I think I always say I was, it was out of desperation and now it's just out of like fascination and and curiosity and like, wow, there is a whole world out there. We're not taught. There is an invisible world of angels and love. And, and by angels, I mean, just like good things in life, you know? Um, but yeah. And it's, it's not so fascinating how you look at your life, how it was one way. And then also you're like, how it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And now I love Trader Joe's <laughs> and meditating. <laughs> so funny. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to remind you guys about these amazing chances to actually learn with Jamie Wozni. September 12th and 13th, coming up real soon, there's a Reiki 1 and 2 virtual weekend certification. So if you want to get Reiki certified in 1 and 2, you can do that on the 12th and 13th with Jamie. And then starting October 1st, we have seven weeks worth of classes with her every Thursday starting October 1st for an hour and a half at night for a happiness course. 
incredible. It's like if you ever feel like you're doubting yourself and want to step into your power more, this is the class. This is the course. So go to denanywhere.com for that. And also, if you've been taking the animal communication certification on your own time, or if you'd like to do that now, go sign up for it now because on September 24th, she's doing a Q&A for anyone who has completed that certification online. Again, everything's on denanywhere.com. Head there now. Jamie is incredible and we have so many opportunities for you to go deeper with her. And so you said Reiki was the first modality you were introduced to? Yes, I remember. I was so I was an actress back in the day and I was going to this like premiere for one of my friends and she was like, um, oh, there's a Reiki master doing the talk at this thing. And I was like, oh, what's that? And she's like, oh, you'll love her. Um, come, you know, listen. And so I listened to this woman and I've always had a really strong knowing. I didn't know that that's what it was, um, but I just knew, uh, oh, I'm supposed to do a session with this woman. I could use my energy cleared. Like, didn't know what that meant. Um, did a session with her and she was like, you know, you can, you can learn this for yourself to do on yourself. And I was like, oh, cool. I hemmed and hauled all the way. It took me four years to get to my master. I would do these angel readings or channelings with healers and they would say, you know, you're a teacher. And I was like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. I'm only doing Reiki level two. So I kicked and screamed all the way. And it's just funny now because I'm like, I mean, this is like so me (laughs) to be a teacher. I love it. It's it's my heart. but yeah, it just kind of came to me and I've always, that's how, how it unfolded tall. It's like people ask me a lot about the journey and I, from a calm place and not always, my goodness, I had so much anxiety and fear in the beginning, but um, I would just be guided. It was like, here's this next thing. And then here's this next thing. And then here's this next thing. Explore it, learn it, share it, explore it, learn it, share it. You know, it just kind of is always organically unfolded like that. To you, that's interesting. I love the explore it, learn it, share it. Yeah, explore it, learn it, share it. And you know what else? Oh, go ahead. Oh, go, keep going. No, I was just thinking like, I don't know. I just had this this little image of like me at 80, 90, 100, however long I'm on this planet, looking back and being like, yeah, you grew. Yeah, you healed. Yeah, you were always looking for relief and for all of us. But did you need to frantically freak out and go, Oh my God, what's the next thing? And, um, obsess over my healing tools or my need for my mind to be calm. It's like rest in between kid. Here's the next thing you'll know. You'll know when you need to explore it. If you don't know, Michael Neal, he's one of my teachers always says this. If you don't know yet, you don't need to know. And if you know, great but we are so uncomfortable not knowing and thinking that we're not okay or ashamed that we're broken and needing to get there faster. But if we kind of could come out of that, it's like, let me just enjoy the ride a little, even if it's uncomfortable, like we've been sharing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. And then guided, here's your next thing, kid. Explore it, learn it, share it. Exactly saying is like when you can take that moment of like discomfort as a beautiful signal that you're That's- the next thing, then you do ride it because there's a whole period in between where you're like, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I, like you, there, it's an unknown, whether it's yeah. something you're supposed to explore about yourself or something new to learn. And yeah. you do. Sometimes you're like, I know, like I've been there too. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be learning something right now. <laughs> and so I'll have to sit in that for a while of just knowing I'm supposed to be learning something, but not yet sure what it is. And instead of jumping on everything, just waiting, because I know that at some point it'll like go into my head and it'll just be like ding and then it'll feel exactly right. And but it's so hard. Comfortable in that middle period because you're just like, what am I supposed to be doing? Why? Like it comes with a lot of restlessness, a lot of like you said, shame and almost frustration. And yeah. But it is, it's so interesting because it's true. And then once you're on it, you're like, oh yeah. It's almost as if you forget the whole period before of like discomfort. Yeah. And we need to like look back and go did the next thing always come? Did you have a ding that went, oh yeah, this is the lesson. This is the thing. Or we're guided to a teacher that helped you. Like that mess that we create for ourselves in between. I mean, I'm speaking to myself right now, you know, like let that go. Let, you know, like just, yeah, it's, it's useless. So speaking of rest, like you were talking a little bit about how, you know, obviously this time is so hard and we're watching a lot of people struggle Um, but you were also talking about how you're very grateful for this time. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Cause I, there's a lot to learn from this time too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I've actually been one, I I've, I've learned that lesson of rest. Um, you know, because I too, like many people in this society are just, you know, play is bad and I can't let anyone see me not be doing anything. And (laughs) so, I challenged myself and I'm like, okay, kid, let's try three day weekends for a little bit. They do that in Europe. Let's see. Let's just see. Um, And as a healer, as an energy worker, as a teacher, it's like, you know, this feeling you're, um, you're, and I think even if you're, if you're in your own space, you still feel other people's energies. You're still doing a lot of work. You're still holding a lot of space. And so just as important it is, I've learned to give myself back that which I give um, because I have to be full in order to give. Um, and it was, it was this knowing, it was this knowing like, you can't look around at the world, Jamie, of what everyone else is doing and go, oh, well, that's not normal. Who takes three-day weekends? Like you can't, and, and while building a, a you know, business, like why, you can't do that. And I just trusted that knowing. Like I, I've been able to get really quiet and go, I wanna do this and take some trips with my boyfriend to, you know, close little areas and um, do absolutely nothing. Like I watched two movies yesterday. It was wonderful. 
Like it was just, and let you know, as we're saying it's hot here. So I was like in my bedroom with the AC on watching movies. Um, and there was a part of me when I was younger that would have a really, a really, really hard time with that. And there's still that thought in my head. That's like, you know, all the human thoughts of like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm letting my boyfriend see me like this and <laughs> whatever comes into my head. Weird. We're raised. Well, we yeah. I mean, our generation, it's interesting of this, like, rest is so equated to, like, laziness. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah. So it's like the fact that you've been like, I can't believe my boyfriend's seeing me like this. It's like, it's almost like you want to hide your rest because you don't want someone to realize you're actually resting because God forbid someone sees that you might be resting. God forbid you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. So what's helped me dramatically through that. So, so what I'm working on now is, um, the balance between, cause I love what I do and it's a beautiful thing, but I'm, but I am doing it all day. And that's why I had to, to get real with myself and be like, you can give this your all Monday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, wherever you're called for you, that's joyful, that's peaceful, that's restful. Like I've never, ever been apologetic about sleep. Like I always, like I've set boundaries and been like, look, I need to go to bed. And if, you know, if I don't, I don't. Um, but, but my intention is always, I want to sleep. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, I give myself time to do whatever it is I need to do. So something I've been exploring more of and seeing more, which I think is so beautiful is this last two years, my coach that I've worked with, um, he would always, I would come to him and I would say, uh, I'm doing all these things. Like I'm communicating with animals and I'm, um, I teach meditation and I, and I teach corporates and I do talks and I, I'm doing energy healing and I teach groups energy healing and I do mediumship work and I'm channeling and I, and I'm doing intuitive readings and I'm like, it's a beautiful problem to have, but what the, what am I supposed to pick? What's the right thing? All right. And he said, it sounds to me, Jamie, like you're, you're more curious about where your greatest impact is. And I was like, yeah, because that's the thing, like wherever I would be happiest and I would make most of an impact. And he said, do you know where your impact comes, comes from? I was like sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, I don't know. And he said, it's your presence, it's your being, it's your it's your, where you, how you see the world. It's your level of consciousness. It's your spirit. It's your essence, which is why when a dog walks into the room or your baby girl walks into the room, you go, Oh, you light up. It's their presence. It's not what they're saying to you. You know, it's, and, and then it might come through their words. But if I'm, if I'm in my spirit as best as I can be, I'm going to do the same thing that the dog did or that the baby did when I walk into a room. My storefront is maybe working with animals one day or teaching meditation one day or energy healing one day. It's my, it's my storefront. But what matters more is the being that's showing up for the storefront. So this rest thing, it's really, really helped me see that, oh, if my being, like if my being is really the thing that impacts the planet, because on an energetic level, we're all, Anita Morjani explains it like this, like we're a quilt and we have all these different little um, threads in the quilt and we're all connected. So if my energy is, and, and you know, have your feelings, that's not gonna mess any of this up. I don't want people to think, oh, I can't feel. 
you, you can feel when you're present. Like it just means here, present, not in the mind, in life, in your being, you're going to, the quilt's going to lift up in certain areas. And you're going to raise the energy of whatever is around you, which means that I can raise the energy of the planet watching my two movies yesterday by just being in my spirit, not being in my thinking. So yeah, sometimes because in human world, we love to create and we can, sometimes it's going to look like Jamie teaching or having clients or holding courses or doing whatever. And sometimes it's going to look like, you know, Jamie going to Ojai with her boyfriend and I'm doing great work in Ojai with my boyfriend. So when we can start to see, we shift that paradigm of, um, my impact is my work. Yeah because your presence is behind it. You know, it's, it gives us this permission to go, oh my God, I can sleep, I can play, I can do both. It doesn't have to be totally um, imbalanced. And that's been an incredible healer and permission giver for me. I love that. What movies did you watch? We watched um, Ad Astra. Have you seen that with Brad Pitt? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I heard that was really good. It, it was good. It was it, like, I felt weird afterwards because you're hanging out on these planets and it's like trippy. I like it. I feel like it's my type of storytelling. Like it's, it's weird, right. It's like a little. It's a little what? It's weird, right? In a good way. Weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's a little. And I don't want to say heavy because it's not heavy. It's not light. It's the opposite of light, I guess. But it's cool to like explore. I mean, you know, you get to travel to different planets. And so people like us, like how cool, <laughs> how cool. And um, I watched Work It. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> it's like a teenage dance movie, and I loved every second of it. I would love it. <laughs> I'm so in on that. I love that stuff. <laughs> love. That's so funny. Okay, talk about the first time, because, you know, we have so many amazing certifications with you. And and also, by the way, for whoever's listening, a bunch of them coming up. So the September 12th, Reiki 1 and 2. So if you are interested in getting certified, this is your lady. She's incredible. And we always have them on Den Anywhere as well if you'd prefer to do it on your own time and not actually, you know, have her answering your questions right away. But we have Animal Communications is now on Den Anywhere to take on your own time. But you're doing this incredible September 24th. You're doing this awesome Q&A. So for people who want to get in there now, take the certification so that then you can kind of as a group have Jamie for some time to really go through what you learned. I think it's such an incredible experience, but let's talk about animal communications for a little bit yeah. because I love it. You and I are obviously both huge animal people mm-hmm. and people are so desperate to talk to their animals. I mean, it, you know, people are so desperate to feel like they can just sit down and have a conversation and they just wish they could use words. But as you say, they're always communicating and you actually can always communicate. So talk about A, how you first discovered that and also be like, how do you communicate with your dog? <laughs> um, yeah, what a cool, what a cool party trick. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least I think so. So my first, I was kind of, I didn't know I could do this. I was kind of thrown into it. So during my Reiki master training, we had partners and once a month, we had to do trades with our partner and my partner lived in Texas. So everything was, we did all the energy work from a distance and I was supposed to be doing a session on her and she called me all upset and she's like, Jamie, I want to use this session for my bird. And I was like, my love, (laughs) that's great, but I don't know what you want me to do with your bird in Texas and I'm in California. 
Um, and she said like, you know, and I'm like laundry listing, well, I could do Sedona method with you, or we could do, we could do this or that or tapping. And she's like, no, I need you to work with my bird. So finally I gave in <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'll just do what I do with humans with this bird and see if it works. Can't, can't lose anything here. So she told me that this bird, um, had been the cage was in the living room and the uh, doors to the cage were always open and the bird would fly freely in and out of the cage always. But for the last six months, the doors have been open and the bird wouldn't leave the cage, um, which was so sad. And so I tuned into the bird and immediately started seeing purple ob objects. And she was like, well, the, the cage is purple and his toys are purple because it's my favorite color. And I'm like, okay, I must be tuned into this bird. Um, and then I heard the word poop. And at the same time, I saw an image of food, the poop on top of the food. And I got this feeling of anger coming across my body. And I said to her, um, is your bird pooping on the food? And she said, yeah, we were, you know, thinking about making it different in the cage, but my husband's been busy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, um, he's really upset. Like he's just, pissed about this and you guys need to change that immediately. So I went on to ask him a bunch of questions, have a conversation with him, which I'll explain how in a minute. And he specifically told me he wanted the cage white, didn't like the purple, needed it rearranged in his specific way because that was disgusting having poop on your food, obviously. Um, and then I did, there was energy that, which this is very common with pets, there was energy he was picking up on from the environment around him of things that were going on in the house. So I did some energy work and called in some of my energy worker helpers from the other side to help me clear his space and clear his energy. Um, so I felt this like feeling of relief when we were done and hung up the phone and, uh, I get this little bloop text message like five minutes later. And it's a picture of her and Henry sitting on the back of the couch, taking a selfie. She was like, he flew out of the cage oh after six months. Yeah. Um, and so I just was like, huh, all right. <laughs> I think there's something here. I think there's something here. And uh, so I went on exploring and, and studied with uh, Lydia Hibby, who's like a world renowned animal communicator who's been doing it for 30 years. Um, read all these books, took courses, and just really something I've always done is just thrown myself in there and let myself get messy. Um, called all my friends, was like, I think I can do this cool thing. Can I practice on you? It might be wrong, but let me just see what comes out. And I just got, you know, I got good at it. I was starting to get all this validation of, oh, wow, this is getting feedback of what's going on. Um, so then I started, you know, working with private clients and then teaching courses. And now we have a filmed recorded course for people who want to take it at their own pace and then ask me questions in between. Um, but, you know, for me, it's interesting. I, because I've been doing this work for 10 years, um, this stuff is so normal to me. And I don't want to be all dramatic and say it breaks my heart when people are like, oh, that's weird or that's not real because it just like, it's as normal to me as, you know, um, my bamboo tree in my room. It's like, that's not weird. Like animal communication to me isn't weird. We just don't know how to do it. We're just not taught in our world. So I teach, you know, there's different words, but we could call it telepathic communication, psychic communication, nonverbal communication, but we're doing it all day every day with 
people. It's just, it's just communicating with people with subtle energies or animals with subtle energies beyond the physical, beyond your specific language. Um, and so there's four ways that we do it. One is by hearing, one is by seeing, one is by knowing, which I was talking a little bit about earlier. Um, and one is by feeling. And so what I do is I sit with students and I help you understand your specific way that you communicate with them, as opposed to learning my way or another healer's way. You learn your way um, that you've had your whole life and you just, it's so invisible to you. I've never had a student not been able to discover their psychic communication because it's, again, it's just not pointed out to us, but it's always there. And then once they start learning their you know, subtle energy way beyond the form that they communicate, they start tuning in and they go, oh, wow, I'm getting things, I'm hearing things, I'm seeing things. Um, and I just guide people to, it's that, it's that piccolo in the marching band feeling. It's the photo bomber in the photo. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. Played the piccolo. You played piccolo. Yay. Played the flute. And then I, one day I was like, I'm bored. Give me the piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's all deep and spiritual girl. Um, yeah, but I just really like, I, I, I have this, I feel so fortunate to be able to, to be able to like live in the world of human form but then also have the ability to see those little subtleties and point them out to people and say hey this has been there all, all along and that's how animals communicate with us um we use words like i'll say to the animal how are you but i might be projecting an image i might they might be feeling my intention um and they throw back to me the same as i threw to them an image a word a feeling like how henry the bird did it was poop uh food and then i felt angry saw purple like it's kind of just these little like boops and bops that come in um and uh um, it's fascinating and just you know i think so beautiful when you start to get to learn the subtle language you say what's your psychic communication is it so no i'm yeah i'm claircognizant which is clear knowing and then clairvoyant which is clear seeing so those are my two strongest ones um usually we have one or two that's really strong and then the others fall a little bit behind. So because I've been working on this for so long, the other two still come in where I'll hear a word. That's probably the weakest for me, the hearing, um, or I'll have a, a feeling associated to it. Um, but you know what I find? I, I work with people privately with this a lot. And the, the human beings that are claircognizant, which is the clear knowing, think they are just so ungifted. They don't have, they're not psychic. And I'm like, oh, girl you know, dude, it's right in front of your face because it's so obvious to you, you don't see it. And it doesn't come in the form when you have a knowing, you don't feel it, you don't see it, you don't hear it. So, and who validates that in our world? So interesting, I didn't even think about that. So like, yeah, you hear a booming voice or whatever, you trust it more because you're like, there was a weird voice talking to me or yeah. a quiet voice, even a whisper. Yeah. If it's just the knowing, then you're like, well, why would I know? Exactly, and if you don't have, you know, spiritual hippie parents or whatever, they're not going to say, honey, you know, your knowing is really important to trust. Um, so somewhere in your late twenties or early thirties, when you're having your healing crisis and you have to look for these voices, um, you start to learn on your own. Oh, wait. I mean, and again, I said, I've been on this journey 10 years. Um, I still, even recently, I think it was probably a year ago, I had another epiphany, like, 
whoa, your knowing is so strong. You still don't see it or you still don't trust it. Because right. I had had the knowing to take more time off for myself for so long, but I just didn't trust it because I, I got it mixed in with my ego. And my ego was like, that's not reasonable. That's not safe. Right. Um, but it doesn't, it's the thing that doesn't, it won't go away when it's your knowing. How, tell me like one of the funniest, or t- tell me about one of the more interesting conversations you've had with an animal. <laughs> God, I've had so many. Um, well, one was, was fascinating. So I always tell, and I actually share, I think I share this one on the course, but it's, it's all over the spectrum from a more physical, just dog in a body like one, one dog, uh, the owner had just recently adopted it and could not get it to eat at all. I actually have a funny one I'll share too. Couldn't get it to eat at all. And I just immediately tuned into the dog, um, like an energetic GPS. I just tune in and I saw Turkey. I'm like, have you ever tried Turkey with your dog? And he was like, no. So he tried Turkey. The dog wouldn't stop eating favorite food problem solved. So it's as, it's as simple as that to one time, I mean, I'm even surprised half the time at these, but one time this one dog was acting up at the dog park and the owner had tried um, to get a trainer and behaviorist and all of this and it wasn't working. And I tuned in and I, and I got this message that the dog was having this literally like this existential crisis and wasn't used to being in a dog body. The spirit was having a really difficult time So I was instructed to have the owner treat it more like a human because he was thrown into dog form um, and was just so grossed out by having to eat out of a sloppy bowl, not have clothes on, just be treated like a dog. And so he was acting out because he was just like an anxious mess if we were treated like that. So I I was like, you've got to like put his stuff on the plates that you eat, you know, make it more human grade food. Um, He wants clothes. He wants to be talked to like literally like you're talking to your child, normal, like a more human voice. Um, and the behavior lessened and he relaxed because he was just having a really tough time and was like, I just need you to be patient with me. This is more of a transition phase. So it's, I mean, I have so many stories, but. What's interesting about that too, is sometimes you hear that, which I've never fully believed, but that people kind of always act like reincarnation has levels. Yeah. Like once you're an animal, then you become this, but you wouldn't go backwards. So it's interesting. I actually love that, that you're saying that was someone, a soul that experienced, I'm assuming many human forms and then to a dog form. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just a human like everybody else. I don't know much about reincarnation other than when I tune in and they tell me these things and I'm like, oh, wow, fascinating. Um, But you do the second that they're even that they're heard, that they're understood. It's like this level of confusion goes away. Um, and I just feel this like relaxed feeling over the phone, like, thank God. Cause I can't imagine how helpless that feels. They're trying to tell us something over and over again. And uh, you know, they just can't get it through. So, and it's, it's actually really beautiful too. Cause I'll work with a lot of animals that are transitioning and moving from physical to non-physical and just like any last needs or wants they want from their parents or, um, you know, things like that. But I've even had, there was one really beautiful story of a cat who told me about now, see, I work with the animal and then I'll pull in my spirit guides to assist. So sometimes if it's information that the animal can't give me, then I get information from a higher realm of like 
a supplement or a doctor that they should go to. But I was working with this one cat and I got this flash of alcohol and um, the cat had gone to hiding under the bed and wouldn't come out and I was just seeing alcohol. And this woman um, was in a relationship where that was the issue with her boyfriend and the cat was showing me that that was the cause of the problem and I just vocalized it. She didn't realize that it was upsetting the cat so much, broke up with the person, immediately got out of the relationship. Um, the cat came out, healed, problem was resolved. So the cat, I mean, she was so grateful and was like, he literally told me, get out of this and this because his behavior was so affected by it. And now um, it's actually beautiful. She like came to talk to me afterwards and she's in this really loving, amazing relationship and is so thankful for him sharing that to get her out of a bad situation. So I find when people are open to it, um, that the, they'll, they'll get a huge healing from what the animal has to say, because we all affect each other's energies too, you know? It is, and you said you did a lot of, you do a lot of work with the transitioning. What do you find, I find, and I haven't communicated like you do, but I have a lot of animals. And I tell this to a lot of people, because a lot of people text me like when their dogs are, they're like, I don't know if they're ready. And I always say, I find most, you know exactly when your dog's ready. Yeah. Usually the human has to catch up to it. Yeah. Sometimes a human's not ready to let go. I was like, but you can tell they like look at you in the eye. And I'm like, and they're not, at least I find they're not sad. They're like the most Zen creatures and they're so good to go and they're ready to go because they know it's just moving to a different place. Yeah. Usually very thankful for the time they had with you. Yeah. And it's more about like you having to catch up to letting them go because yeah. they're like, well, are they sad? Are they this? I'm like, I just don't find that they're sad. You're sad. They're usually so okay. Yes. Yeah. You're actually having conversations with them. I get that a lot. And I work with a lot of people dealing with guilt, you know, of like, was I good enough to them or did I let them, is this the right time or this and that? And the animals obviously always say it's okay, you know? forgive yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. I'm fine. Um, I had one animal cause normally 99% of the time I, I, they're, they're all okay. I had one animal say that they missed their mom cause they really enjoyed the human experience, but it wasn't, it wasn't tied with the sadness, desperation. I need to be there. It was just like, I really miss her. Um, but it, but again, it, it was filled with an okayness and most of them are, you know, totally totally okay with it. Yeah. Which again is, is hard for us, but, but also freeing and beautiful. So yeah. That, like they are, and they're with us. Like if we want to talk to them, ask them for signs and, you know, for sure. Yeah. How often do you talk to, um, Hobbs? <laughs> often, um, you know, it's interesting. And I teach, I teach my students this too. Your own dog is the heart or cat or bird or whoever you have. Can you pick? Um, always the hardest to do because it's so close to home for you. So you have to get really good at, cause you know things. So you're, you're in the dispute with your brain of, am I making this up or, um, so I talk to him and tune into him often. Um, I would actually ask him last night. It was funny. I said, my, he was in between my boyfriend and I, and I said, uh, what do you like about your dad? And I just felt this feeling of happiness or how did, I said, how does your dad make you feel? And I felt this happiness and joy. And I said, how do I make you feel? And I felt this safe, protected feeling. So he associates happy joy with him and safe, protected with me. Um, so I'll just tune in and ask little things like that or if there's anything you know, going on. But uh, 
it, it's also something that you can open and close. So it's not like I'm being like inundated with Hobbes conversation all day, you know? Um, it's if I choose to kind of tune in and, and talk. Let's do your um, four U's, just four quick questions that have quick okay. the audience. So if you have one book that has just changed everything for you, what is it? Oh, that is so, I'm going to go with my, my gut right now. Michael Neal's The Space Within. Hmm. Yeah. If you, There's so many. I'm sure. So what about a teacher for you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my coach now, John McAdam, John L. McAdam. Yeah, you've mentioned him a lot, actually. So yeah. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Ground. I feel my body on the ground. I pull myself here back onto earth. And um, if, is there something now that you're obsessed with or can't live without? Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's at Hobbs, Hobbsy. Does yeah. he just know when you need him? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, he's, animals are so good for so many reasons. He gets you out of the house in nature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's my bug. How, how old is he now? He is three. He's a baby. Hmm. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that we did this. Everyone, you're going to do your personal practice in a moment. Um, please, you guys, I am telling you, don't miss this opportunity to study with Jamie because it's it's incredible. So many things to learn to just go deeper into yourself. And you're such a beautiful teacher and your classes, everyone loves them on Den Anywhere and you're amazing. Thanks, Tal. It means a lot. No, of course. I feel very fortunate. I feel very fortunate. Um, and you're just a light. Like, this was lovely. <laughs> you're so fun lighter talking to you good, good. So true um and thank you for doing your personal practice with us of course so now jamie's gonna lead us in her personal practice which is five to ten minutes of her unbelievable practice she talked about earlier of learning to kind of surrender beautiful so yeah, this is what I do. So when life, like what we talked about a little bit earlier, when life shows me or shows you what she's ready for you to learn from, let go of and heal, when you start to kind of get a little bit curious and suspicious about um, where you're a little bit off from your center, from your spirit, to just come into a new level of your being, my being. So go ahead and close your eyes and get comfortable in your space. And you can do this anytime you are facing a challenge and you need to just release it from your mind. It's like putting it on the back burner of the stove. Feeling the connection between your body and the ground or the furniture, wherever you are and letting all of your energy make its way back to you in this room, feeling your body on the ground. Just let yourself slow everything down. What if everything was happening in perfect timing and our hundred year old self looks back and says, you figured it out. 
you learned, you grew, but you didn't need to suffer in the in-between. So you start to take a couple gentle inhales and exhales in and out of your body. Just slowing down. Just letting that physical body relax. And I want you just to let your awareness settle into your wisdom, into your knowing, your seeing, your hearing, your feeling, the subtle energies, the language of your soul. Just intend it. Gentle breath, slowing down. And I want you just to kind of float in this space, nice and easy. We're reflecting. And we just ask ourselves, where am I a little sticky in my life? Where am I innocently caught up and causing myself internal pain that is ready to heal, that is ready to be let go? I want you just to kind of see what dawns on you. Trusting the subtleties that arise. And as you start getting some clues or pieces of information rise into your awareness, surrender them up to whoever is close to your heart, source, guides, higher self, quantum field. I'm ready to let this go. I see I keep hitting up against my edges, but I don't know how. Help me, guide me. Send me a miracle. I surrender this up. Send in all your resources. Let my healing and my awareness to it be gentle and easy and perhaps joyful. I'm willing to let this go now. I'm willing to be in the in-between before I know new. And as I let this go, I just settle in that in-between field, not needing to jump back, but observing the old as it continues to come. As this isn't personal, it's just how a brain works. And as I rest in between and I float, I ask my heart, What is a new reference point? What internal state of being can I be in that is healthier, softer, in alignment with love? What is different and new than where I was resting before? You see what dawns on you. Maybe it will now or maybe it will later today or tomorrow. Just asking the question. 
new thought. Where am I meant to be beyond my pain? Show me what I have not seen yet, where I can be at peace. Just let your mind open and just rest here for just a minute. from fear to bravery, from anger to compassion, from scared to safe. We needn't force it. We needn't put it there. We simply open to a new reality. We are unlimited potential in every moment. We expand beyond what we know and allow the new to enter in its own perfect time. Nice and slow, we begin to take some gentle inhales and exhales in and out of the body. Beginning to notice the space that your body occupies in this space. Feeling your bottom on the ground. You are planted on the furniture. You're right behind your eyes. You're inside of your body. And you're comfortable where you are. Nowhere to get to. Just more to see. Nice deep breath. And starting to stretch and open up your eyes to the room whenever you're ready. Zen Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.